Voice Global is coming June 9th, a fully virtual event packed with live keynotes from industry leaders and innovators, practical workshops, insightful panels, and some well-deserved entertainment for voice enthusiasts around the world. Learn more about this free event and how to host a viewing party at voicesummit.ai slash global. That's voicesummit.ai slash global. And great news, if you still want to speak at Voice Summit 2020 this fall, submissions are now open through June. So be sure to get your proposals in at voicesummit.ai. David Colleen is the CEO of Sapient X, a company that is winning the competition in voice by creating more personalized experiences. He talks about why he thinks having an avatar with voice is important for the user experience, how his company is creating top-notch voice experiences for companies like Volvo, LG, Mitsubishi, and Future Robot, plus his advice to other voice agencies on how to lead in innovation. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your host, Kerry Roberts. And today my guest is David Colleen, the CEO at Sapien X. Welcome, David. Thank you for being here. Hi, Kerry. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you. So we were just talking right before this interview that both you and I came from pretty diverse backgrounds getting into this space. And I know you started your career journey in architecture and then you got into AI in about 2003 and now you're into voice. Can you tell us a little bit about that career journey and how you went from designing buildings to designing voice experiences? I'm not sure if I'm ADD or just naturally curious, but I have gone through a lot of things. I uh, I first studied architecture and got out of school and started designing high-rise buildings in San Francisco. But one of my professors, turns out he was one of the founding fathers of computer graphics and infected me with the notion that you could use computers to design buildings. So I started doing that. And uh, then some old friends, I was backpacking with them and they said, we're going to leave our day jobs and start a company to do 3D on the internet. How would you like to put the first 3D online? And that sounded pretty cool. So we did that. And uh, that was the beginning of uh, my old uh, Planet Nine Studios team. We built our first talking characters uh, using those 3D technologies. And one thing led to another. And uh, in 2003, we were building uh, computer games for the uh, intelligence community to uh, create a synthetic human that could look for bad guys. And uh, that was our early start in doing AI talking characters. It was very primitive back then, but it put the notion in our minds that we could effectively communicate with our technology by voice. A few years later, in 2007, we were building navigation systems for the handheld and automotive markets. And uh, that's when we brought an old friend of mine AI programmer Bruce Wilcox onto our team, and he built what possibly was the first digital assistant for a car. It worked beautifully. It was exciting. All except for one thing. Speech recognition 10 years ago was in a terrible state. It only understood maybe one word out of uh, 10 that we would say. So as much as we love the concept of talking to our technology, we knew we would have to shelve it and wait until that technology matured. Then Siri came out. And I pulled a little bit of hair out. If you look at me, I know you can't see my picture. I don't have any hair left now. But I pulled a little bit out at that point because Siri beat us to the punch. Then uh, an old friend of mine uh, divulged that he had been working on Alexa. And they brought Alexa out to great acclaim. And uh, I pulled some more hair out at that point. But you know what? Looking back at it, 
I see now that Siri and Alexa did important things. They established that voice technology was a useful way to communicate with your technology. And they built a large consumer appetite for voice products. And we all benefited from that. So today we are running uh, Sapient X. We began it four years ago. And we're busy building voice systems that understand people conversationally using some dramatically different technology from what everybody else is doing in the marketplace. And uh, we're building these systems for people who make cars and robots and motorcycles and consumer electronics of all sorts. So that's where we are today. And uh, thank you for having me here. Yeah, very exciting to kind of hear that journey. And I know there was an article done on your company back in 2018 that wrote that the current voice products force users to learn commands, blocking the natural conversation that we desire. They can't handle complexity of speech and multitasking, and they consume mountains of sensitive user data that is stored for marketing and development of user profiles or that gets used for targeted advertising. And you say that your company, Sapient X, is two times better at fixing this than your competitors. Can you speak to this and talk about how and if these are still issues in your eyes today and how your AI and voice technology is fixing this? Well, so let me begin unpacking that by describing a presentation I saw at a voice conference yesterday. They described voice technologies in five levels. The first level were IVR systems, uh, phones that could understand you when you said yes or no or three or five or very, very simple sorts of things. The second systems were uh, what we in the industry typically call chatbot systems. They were very simple systems that if you happen to say a keyword, it would trigger a response. Uh, those first systems came out in 1965, and the chatbot boom that began about four years ago was based on these older technologies. The problem with these systems, they can be very effective, but most of them were not well built to understand what people were saying. A statistic that I saw yesterday was that there was only a 22% user satisfaction rating of those voice systems that use those primitive chatbots. So a lot of people that have built companies in the past few years on those technologies are finding a lot of consumer pushback because they're just not operating all that well and satisfying people and achieving the missions that they were set out to. The third generation were systems like Siri and Alexa and Google Assistant. They began to improve the chatbot technologies by adding machine learning. Now, let's go up a level. If you're an AI scientist, you have a lot of different tools available to you. Machine learning is just one of them. And for those of you who don't know much about machine learning, it's using statistical analysis to take a good guess at what someone is saying. It's a little bit like pattern matching. If they hear a pattern, a voice pattern of people saying something, they can trigger a response. The problem with these systems, uh, as good as they, they are, is they're not very accurate. There was uh, an interesting study that ZDNet did. They released this past August doing an 800-question benchmark on all the primary systems. Things like uh, Alexa scored 72.5% accuracy rating in the ZDNet test. So that means that one out of four questions that you ask of Alexa give a wrong answer. And really, I, that syncs with my own experience. I use Alexa every day, and when I request music, very often it gets it wrong. So it's good for what it is, and it's primarily good for non-mission critical tasks like music selection or telling you what the weather is. 
even the best system in the study, uh, ZDNet found uh, Google to only be 88% accurate. That's pretty good, but it's not good enough for most of our customers. Uh, For instance, when we're making a system for a car and you want your window to go up and down, your lights to turn on or your seat to go back and forth, you need to have that work reliably every single time. So um, we're building a system that is, uh, by the definitions in the presentation I saw yesterday, a level four system. Level four system focuses not just on understanding commands, but understanding people as they speak naturally, conversationally, like you're talking to your best friend, so that you can ask for music in any way you might ask conversationally and the system understands you. You can ask two questions at a time and it will understand both of them separately and give you separate answers. It will understand the context of what you said and uh, also it will be doing sentiment analysis to measure your emotion as you're speaking because it turns out that emotion is also important in understanding what people are asking for or trying to achieve by working with a voice assistant. So that's where we are today, building a level four system. Yeah. And I love that you kind of broke that down because I have not thought about it that way before, but it makes so much more sense. And again, really customizing it to you. And I know your company has supplied conversational assistance to cars, motorcycles, robots, and a variety of consumer products. And you've built systems for companies like Volvo, LG, Mitsubishi, and Future Robot. Can you talk about your process in developing conversational assistance for the automotive and transportation industry? Meaning, what have you found works well? And what are people liking most? What is the experience like? So touching on something I said a moment ago, when we built our first assistant into cars about 10 years ago, there was a largely held belief in the auto industry that voice interfaces didn't make any sense. But that position has changed. We have the Tesla factor going on in the auto industry. And that is uh, forcing all of the auto companies to think out of the box and to kind of reinvent how people use cars and interact with their cars. They're a lot more receptive to new ideas. And there's two key things that we're trying to achieve in the car. First one is to make your driving experience more safe. And I see a lot of interesting things. Well, look at your existing car. You have to take your hand off of the steering wheel to press a button to get something to work in your car or twist a knob or push a lever. I would submit that anything that would cause you to take your hand off of the wheel and be distracted by that makes you less safe when you're driving. So I do see new technologies like gestures in cars that make no sense at all to me. Why would you be even more distracted trying to make uh, gestures in the air with one of your driving hands? Once again, that's distracting you and taking your hands off the wheel. It makes great sense to me to use your voice to control your car. Yes, I agree. And I had seen a video that you did, I guess in the last year or so, where you showcase kind of how it works and you're asking the voice assistant to move the seat up or to turn the defogger on. And like you said, it's something that can be done. It's safe, it's easy, it's effective, and it's customized to your vehicle and yourself. There's some important things that I think that we're doing, and maybe it's because my early start was uh, doing 3D interfaces, and it was natural for us to put 3D talking characters with the voice systems. Intuitively, we knew that people, if you made a good character, they would bond with it and have a more satisfying experience with that voice system if there was a character that went along with it. 
But today, we're, we've found there's been a lot of research done in the last 10 years that confirms some of our hunches. That is that people have higher user satisfaction, higher trust scores, higher engagement ratings, and uh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration even found that it increased safety by having a good visual interface that complements the voice interface. I think a lot of us have also heard an old statistic that 70% of all human communication is nonverbal. Well, I don't know if it's exactly 70%, but it strikes me that we in the voice industry are very focused on delivering a good experience for the 30% of human conversation. Let's face it, we're in the communication business. We want to effectively communicate with our users to understand what they want in order to better serve them. And if we're only focused on the 30% solution, we're leaving 70% at risk. So our view is if an avatar can effectively reinforce the voice communication with appropriate facial gestures and interactions, that will work with uh, what I call our caveman brain to have a complete communication picture and uh, to more effectively communicate with the, the driver or the user of the robot or person watching their TV interacting with a talking character on their TV. It's just hardwired into us to do this. And what we're seeing in the research is uh, improvements in the range of 15 to 25% in uh, trust and user satisfaction scores by using a good avatar. Yeah, and that's interesting to note because I do see more of a push towards the multimodal where you're having the images with the voice. But I know that there's also been a recent Yale study where they found that voice-only communication enhances empathetic accuracy relative to communication across various senses. Do you have any response to that particular study or do you still stand by where you think voice and visual is equally as important together? I'm a person of science. I look at the research and in any topic of research, there are going to be contrarian views that come out. If you look at the avatar studies that were done 10 to 20 years ago, they all said that avatars are a bad idea. Well, if you take a close look at the studies, they were doing cartoon stick figures as avatars. It's no wonder that their test subjects were reacting negatively to avatars. It's only really been in the past 10 years where the study started using characters that were at the level of a good computer game or uh, a Pixar or Disney movie that people started reacting positively to avatars. And we took this seriously ourselves. Uh, The person on our team heading up avatars is Alex Hessler. He came out of Pixar. Uh, He worked on the avatar our movie. It's important to use top talent, whether it's the top AI engineers or the top artistic talent to make the best possible things for our customers. Yes, that's exciting to have that person on your team and to bring their expertise to it. I want to touch on something else you said in a video you did a while back, which really resonated with me, where you said having your assistant say your name was really important to you. You know, now we interact a lot with assistants where you're saying, hey, Alexa, or hey, Google Assistant, you always have to talk to it, but it's not talking to you. And that greeting of saying your name would be amazing. And I'm curious, why is customization so necessary versus having us greet the assistant every time from your perspective? You know, it turns out that this customization is a basic human need. 
the studies of human faces show that, once again, our caveman brain is highly wired to identifying people that are part of our tribe. We feel most comfortable with people that are like us. In the studies uh, that have been done on ethnicity, people prefer people from their own ethnic groups when they're looking at avatars. This is just how we're wired. It's not racist or sexist. Oh, by the way, also the studies have shown a slight preference for female avatars rather than male avatars by 22%. But the really telling part of the study was there was a 70% preference for choice. I'll tell you myself, uh, my wife is an artist and an organic farmer. She's kind of the last person uh, to adopt technology. When I gave her an, an iPad with Siri on it, she said, what am I going to use this for? But then her, one of her girlfriends showed her how to change the voice to a British male voice, and all of a sudden she loves Siri. And now she uses voice interfaces even more than me. So I think it's a telling indicator that we all want to be able to adapt the interface to sound like who we want and like who we want. I couldn't agree more. I actually have my Google Maps with an Australian male voice. <laughs> so we all, it's funny, as you're like, oh, something different is unique and exciting, but also sometimes something that's very similar is helpful to you. And I, I think it's something that's so small yet so significant to talk about, you know, they always say like a person hearing their name is one of the sweetest sounds in the world. And so having someone say your name in the, the voice or tone that you want is larger and more important than I think most people are realizing. There's also a social aspect to this. The studies are finding that when there's an avatar, people are more polite to the voice system. That's not a big deal, but they are more polite and more forgiving of mistakes. Once they start seeing the voice persona as an entity like a friend, then they use it more. They have better feelings towards it. And, uh, and get more utility out of that voice interface. I just find this really fascinating. Um, one of my friends was the CTO of the Jibo robot company. They're now out of business, but while they were still up and running, they looked at the user logs and found that 60% of all the conversation with their little home robot was purely conversational. People saying, hi, how's it going? It's a little bit like me talking to my cat, but uh, unlike my cat, it talks back. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me because I have been hearing studies that are showing people feel more comfortable to talk to an AI and divulge information than they do to a human being because they feel less judged. And in some ways, I think that's incredible. That's amazing. That helps people feel less lonely. And then in other ways, I'm curious because how does that affect us from a social humanitarian perspective? You know, does that affect us as human beings at all? Do you think that that's helping, hurting, or not really making a difference if we're spending a lot of time talking to an AI or an avatar? I, I guess it's better than talking to yourself. I think, it's a, I think it's a basic human need to converse. And I know when I'm on a long drive by myself, having somebody to talk to could be fun, but it also could help me keep from dozing off. It could <laughs> increase my safety. So I think these are good things. Some of our customers that we're in the early stages with are making systems for seniors. And I think we all know that uh, people that are in seniors' homes, it can be a lonely experience. My wife worked for many years in senior care, and she found people that had kind of drawn inside of themselves and withdrawn from the world. 
my wife was in there teaching art to seniors. And when they started engaging in something artistically, they would come back alive. That's a wonderful thing. If we can make companions for seniors that they can talk to, but also are filling other functions like monitoring their health and telling a doctor if things are going wrong, I think that's a really useful function. Yeah, I think it's definitely helpful. I don't think it replaces the human interaction, but I think it supplements the areas where it's needed and where it's missing. We're in conversations with some big medical care providers like uh, Kaiser and Cleveland Clinic. They're looking ahead on these topics. And I think one of the things that's emerging in the early conversations, they were saying, how can we replace the doctor? But those conversations are evolving to really the doctor is the strongest part of the healthcare system. What we need to do is take the mundane tasks away from the doctor, such as an initial patient interview or checking on them to make sure they're taking their medicine and supplementing the doctor's skill with an AI system that can do the more menial tasks to make the doctor more effective or to be able to service more patients. Now, you have done a lot personally in your life within this space and now as part of this company. Do you have any advice for other voice companies out there in terms of standing out and leading the way in innovation, but also doing it in a useful and usable way with their use cases? What I see in our industry is a lot of healthy work going on. There's also a lot of hyperbole a lot of trends, a lot of people following fads that that come out. And I would just say to people that before choosing a voice system and a technology to build your voice system on, really put your scientist hat on and uh, take a look at the hard research that's been done to give you an indication of which way to go as you're designing your systems. Don't just go with the crowd. Go with what makes sense from a scientific standpoint. And the last question we like to ask on this show, David, to help promote voice as a whole, is there a current flash briefing or voice killer experience that you're using and really enjoying right now? I am. We did something that to me was intensely fun this past year. We had customer conversation after customer conversation where they said, David, we really like what you're doing, but you need to speak our language. And sometimes that language was uh, Mandarin or Japanese or German. And we took that seriously and worked on extending our system to not just speak English, but to speak 35 new languages. And I found that I just love working on language, understanding the commonalities between languages and how people communicate. And they're a little bit different in each country. So now our system is able to potentially serve 5.3 billion people because we speak 36 languages. I hope to speak even more in the, in the near future, but I feel like we're off to a good start. We want everybody to have a good experience with a voice interface. That's great. If people want to connect with you or learn more about what you're doing, where can they do that? So I'm just David at sapientx.com. The website's www.sapientx.com. And I'd love to talk with you. Uh, and uh, if you've got a challenging idea for us, we love to solve hard problems. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, David, for being here, sharing your insight. You've done so much within this space and really pushing the boundaries in terms of voice innovation. So thank you. And I look forward to hearing more of what CPNX does in the future. Thank you so much, Carrie. It was great talking with you today and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. 
Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at M-O-D-E-V.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.